0: Welcome to another edition of Pastor's Podcast. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has been doing, the opportunities given us through these, and I incur- I'm so thankful for all you who have been uh, sharing and listening and encouraging people to listen. I believe it's uh, been a help to folks, and it's been encouraging to me as well. Uh, I'm excited about the ones that be coming up soon. I encourage you to look out for them. I'll tell you when they come. But we'll be doing one on depression here sooner than later, and I think it's important, um, for people to know, it's in the church house that it's not uncommon for folks to be struggling with depression, uh, and I think it's important for us to address it and to talk about the biblical side of it because it's it's all throughout the whole Bible, um, and uh, the truth is, is I think we need to be encouraged by it. Um, but uh, I'm excited about the guests we'll be having. Rick Carter Jr. He's a great pastor at Beth Haven Baptist Church, great man of God, uh, but he is a uh, he puts a lot of effort in and counseling and and uh with clinically with um uh when it comes to things like that and uh, and he's just a great man of God. He wrote some great books about these items, and I'm going to be really encouraging folks to uh, to look at these books and read them. Uh, if you're struggling with it, try to help you get out of that uh, rut. And depression can be a rut; it really can be. And so, we really want to try to help people with this, and I think it'll be important to, to do so. Uh, and so, but today we're going to talk about something I think uh, could also lead to, uh, to what causes a big part of depression. Uh, but uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22, uh, the Bible says this: lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where, bre- and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, if we stop there, um, we would we would obviously uh, you would say, oh preacher's going to talk about uh, the treasure no nope, that's not what we're talking about today but I'll let me just say this about it. The truth is is that uh, what where you start building up the value of the treasure starts with a very important aspect and that's found in verse twenty two the light of the body is the eye. if therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. In other words, if you see good things, you follow good things, you look at good things, it's single, you're looking at the heavenly things, you're following the heavenly things, you're trying to lay up treasures in the heavenly way, then you will have a single heart, your heart will be put in the right place, and then your body will be full of light. Then, though, look what it says in verse 23. But if I, I be evil, that means if I'm looking at, if I'm paying attention to, if I'm uh, lusting after, if I'm coveting after, if I'm looking upon things I ought not to be, the Bible says that whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is is that darkness. Now, think about that for a moment. How often is it that people struggle in their life uh, with heartache and with different things and and their their eyes are looking at the wrong things they're seeing the wrong things they're viewing the wrong things they're thinking about the wrong things because that's what they're looking at and look what happens what the next verse verse twenty four no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment, boy, what an interesting portion of scripture to think about here, uh, and our eyes which which kind of focus on that today, our eyes, what do you look upon, what do you see? Now, when you think of eyes, most people go straight to the fact that they're maybe looking at things they ought not to be inappropriate or things that are ungodly and, and those types of things. And, and and the truth is, is that there is a big element of that as well. But the other part of our eyes is that the eyes of seeing things that we ought not to be viewing or looking at, as in things that discourages discourages us or moves us from the truth of the Word of God, or things that are unspiritual and that hinder our our walk with God. And unfortunately, we see that our eyes is what helps us build our treasure. So, for instance, when we think about uh, our eyes, we use our eyes to do what? Read our Bible. We use our eyes uh, to uh, to walk. We use our eyes to uh, direct what we do. Matter of fact, we use our eyes for everything. And so when you think about that, it does matter what you view. So when you're at home and you're watching TV and you're watching something that maybe is contrary to the Word of God, uh, whether it be you know sexually or or just morally or whatever the case may be and you're looking at things you ought not to look at how can you expect your life to be singled and your life full of light you won't be it it's impossible because you're viewing the wrong things uh i remember not too long ago uh, i was talking to someone and they said uh, they were telling me that they had struggled with viewing uh, pornography for, for long, long, long times. And and I was talking to him about it. And this is what they said to me. They said, I've struggled with addiction, not pornography side. That was the original. But he started with addiction through pornography and watching it and viewing it and paying attention to it. And he said, because of that. He started feeling terrible about the things he was watching and viewing and seeing and and devaluing women that way. And then he said because of that, he started doing drugs. And he says little by little by little, what he started to do was when he started seeing the bad things, he started watching them and doing them, and then it changed his morality, and his morality changed. And before you know it, the Bible says, how great is that darkness? This was just this last week I was told this and what i'm saying is is that so many people in their life struggle with uh their happiness and their uh and their attitude and their um philosophy and a lot of it has to do with what you put in those eye gates and it does matter uh, the Bible says that we have to uh we have to be careful with what we view, and we got to be careful because if we are not careful, we can put ourselves in a place that we are not doing what God wants us to do, and we're allowing ourselves to serve a separate master because the master that comes into place when you're watching things you shouldn't see and you're and you're uh, being a part of things you shouldn't be a part of, you start to allow that to affect your morality. You say, oh, it doesn't affect mine. Yes, it does. You're not some super Christian. It does affect you. And little by little by little by little, your life will be affected. And before you know it, you'll be so far that away from where God wants you to be, all because you were viewing things that God did not want you to view. It's Important, why don't you let your kids watch shows with cussing in them or uh, vulgarity with or sexual uh, scenes or suggestive scenes? You may tell you why you don't want your kids exposed to it now because you don't want it to affect them, but you're going to sit back and say that it doesn't affect me, it doesn't cause any problems with me, it doesn't make me have a dark heart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Be careful, we're stepping into a line of hypocrisy that we must understand that all the difference between a child and us is age, and you say, well, I'm more mature. I get it, whatever, but you're just as fleshly as any kid's ever been. The only difference is kids don't know how to control their flesh in front of other people. Our flesh is rotten, and we cannot feed it. We have to make sure that what we put into our eyes are good. Um, you know, I was asked not too long ago, "Well, preacher, sure what do you, you're against watching these and against watching that and yada yada yada? What do you recommend?" And I'm going to encourage you on something. There, there's, there's, you don't just have to have Amazon Prime and and Netflix or or some other streaming service. You can. There's all kinds of different things you can watch and put in that are pure. Um, Pure Flix is a wonderful opportunity for Christian people to put good wholesome things on their TV. not they're not Pure Flix isn't all Christian. It's just a lot of it's this not bad. But there's a lot of good Christian stuff on there, good documentaries, good um good all kinds of things. But there's bad stuff on there too, I'm sure. There's something I can't do a blanket statement, but I will say that it is important for us as Christians to understand that the light of the body is the eye. And if our eyes be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. And if we want to have the right light in us, then we must put the right things before us. If we don't do that, remember what is said very plainly in Matthew. The Bible says, how great is that darkness? And I'm going to tell you, part of the problem with Christians today is we have great darkness because of what we view. We need to let God do an amazing work. I want you, I might do a podcast on this sometime soon, but the uh, the awfulness that is in Hollywood. I mean, them people sell their soul, souls to the devil. They're just terrible. I mean, I know there's good people in there, but at the same time, it is just, it is awful and filthy and rotten what people have to do to become actors, you know, the the, 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 the immorality, the sickness, the rottenness it, I'm telling you um and just think about it. your kids who maybe watch a show who they see some guy who is you know some superstar or, or superhero in their eyes and they're watching him and they're, and they're thinking how great he is and then in, and when they get older, they realize his life he's had ten wives and, and a complete mess, and they've become their idol it's it, it's a dangerous it's a slippery slope. And you say, well, it don't affect them. Mm, I'm not sure that that's true. Because uh, the Bible says, how great is that darkness? It's important. We got to protect our eyes. What you put in does matter. It does matter. Protect them. I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 101.3 says, I will, verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. I wonder why he used the word cleave. Maybe because when you leave, it's still there? I think so. I think so. I think that our eye gate causes us to remember things. And I'm going to be honest, the ears are not far from it. But our eyes, we're visual people. Most people are visual. And it's hard to shake what you've seen. Be careful. Be careful. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Let's think about that today and do the best we can to protect what God has given us. Protect these eyes so that we can stay where God wants us to stay.
1: There was a great revival in the Hebrides. In the early... 1900s began to move moved up to the pleading for it into the 40s maybe we could say it topped out in the early 50s two old women one was 84 years old and one was 82 years old one was blind and one was humped over so badly with spinal spines to notice just just arched over but they had passion for revival. They wanted God to work. This is, this is what happened. They couldn't even get out to the church to pray. They couldn't even get out to the church to worship. Their house became a place to meet. People came in. They got so passionate about revival coming to their aisle, the isle of Lewis. They got so passionate about it. They confronted the preacher and wanted to know if he was thoroughly right with God. <laughs> and they prayed and prayed and prayed and they'd seen the lord they said with the church filled up and god blessing a great overflow and the fire of god struck that tiny little obscure place off the coast of scotland and when it happened there was a young teenage boy that got saved in it his name was donald preacher became so dependent upon Donald and so close to Donald, he would ask him to lead in public prayers and help him with the meetings, and he did. Oh, how God worked. People began to hear about it, and the revival fire spread. It spread. God blessed in a great way. Those two old women, the people, kind of people, people don't want in their church anymore. And from that same there was a, a young girl who was a cousin to Donald Smith who immigrated to America. Her name was Marianne Smith McCloud. She came to America in 1936. She met a man named Fred and they were married. They fell in love. They were married. God bless the right way. And those old women were her aunts. And they came out of that fire of revival. That fire of revival. They really experienced revival. And they sent a Bible, a copy of the Word of God that had been used in a special way in that revival. To Mary She started having children. I think it was 1937 she had her first child. They named him after his father Fred then she had her second child, named after herself, Mary Ann. Then she had her third child, Elizabeth. Then she had her fourth child. And she was so impacted by this teenage boy God had used in that revival of the Herbanies. She named him Donald. him that Bible, that Hebrides Revival Bible. He was born in 1946. He's now the 45th President of the United States. And that revival Bible is in the Oval Office. I'm saying to you, I don't know how, why, I don't know how it all comes together. But I, but I believe God is putting some things together to give us just a window, just a window. If he if he could find some open people who know what the wind is for. Can this be the time the window is open? Providentially, God has prepared the moment and we will become the people of prayer. Pleading with God. This is a plea. Will thou not revive us again? Will you, will you, will you be a part of that? Will you?